On this episode, we talk about the most dangerous disease in the world. What's up, everybody? Welcome and thank you so much once again for tuning into the Fit Nerds Podcast. My name is Tony, as always. Super excited to be here with you guys once again. This is episode number two. And today, guys, we're going to be talking about one of the most important topics in all of health. Something that a lot of people struggle with, that most people will struggle with at one point or another in their lifetime, and that is something that is just killing people every single day. But before we get into that, guys, as always, just want to thank you for taking some time out of your day, out of your busy schedule. We know that there's a thousand other things that you could be doing, but the fact that you choose to spend 15, 20, 30 minutes uh, with us on this platform is extremely humbling. And I'm very, very grateful. And before we jump in, as always, also just want to give a big shout out to our show sponsor, Beachbody On Demand, which has the most popular fitness programs in the world. We've all heard of them, the P90X, the Insanity, the Body Beast, the 21 Day Fix, just an awesome, awesome platform, guys. We have seen people lose five pounds over a weekend. We've seen people lose 40 pounds over an entire program and more so. And, you know, it's just a fantastic platform. It's all completely live streamed. You can get it on your phone, on your iPad, even on the new Apple TV. You can just go in there. You have access to all of your meal plans, all of your calendars. We, we also have an awesome app that's called the Challenge Tracker app that you can also plug into. You can be a part of a group or choose to go one-on-one training with your coach. So that is a little bit about what we do. Uh, For more information on that, feel free to shoot me a message, shoot me an email, and we can definitely get you plugged in. And because you are a fan of the Fitners podcast, you get the first 30 days for free. And I personally guarantee that you will get results within those 30 days. And if not, well, it doesn't cost you a penny, you know, but you got a month's worth of awesome, awesome, very valuable content. So check it out. Definitely an amazing platform. Very grateful to Beachbody for everything that they have done uh, for me personally and for our platform. So let's go ahead and jump here into the topic of the day. And what we're going to be talking about is the truth about heart disease and cholesterol. So as I mentioned before, this is the most vital topic in the entire health world. So let me throw some stats out there for you. I'm, I'm a big stats guy. I like to see the numbers. And these numbers are staggering. Every year, over 600,000 people die from heart disease. If you break that down, that means that every day, that's about 2,200 people a day dying from cardiovascular diseases. That is staggering. That is so many people that it's hard to even quantify how many people are dying every single day from these heart diseases. You know, And according to the World Health Organization, big shout out to them, by the way, it is the number one killer of everyone, everybody. Most people will die from some form of cardiovascular disease. Now, this is something that has a solution, obviously, as all conditions. It has a cause and it has a solution. But right now, one in three people are dealing with this, and some know it and some don't. So the main thing is understanding the real actual cause 
of this silent killer. And obviously, as our name says, fit nerds, we want to understand these things. We want to understand the science. We want to understand what is happening within our own body and why things happen the way that they happen so that we can avoid it and so that we can help others also avoid it. Because again, everything has a cause and everything has a solution. And heart disease is no exception. So first of all, our body is always giving us feedback. Our body is constantly speaking to us in so many different ways. And we're going to do a a show completely just dedicated to the language of the body, uh, which is going to be fantastic, by the way. But our body is constantly giving us feedback, constantly talking to us. The problem is that we're not trained to detect it. We, we, We don't know what means what and how our feelings or the way that we're that you know if we have a headache or you know whatever that it is that we're feeling if we're short of breath or you know it could be a million things but we don't know what that means and whenever something like this happens i've i've had the opportunity of speaking with a multitude of people that struggle with heart disease or with cancer or with you know many terrible terrible diseases and usually what they say is it just came out of nowhere Right? They say he was fine. She was she was doing just fine and then all of a sudden this happened and now she's been diagnosed with cancer or with a heart disease. But the reality is guys is that it never comes out of nowhere. And that's where the knowledge comes in. Obviously, there are going to be tragedies and things that we cannot avoid, but when you learn to understand how your body works, you can do such a better job at avoiding some of these common problems that people run into not so much because they don't care to take care of themselves, but just because they don't know. They've never been taught. I mean, this isn't something that they teach you in school. This isn't something that they teach you in college unless you're getting a medical degree. And even then, the education is substandard. So according to conventional medicine, if you were to go right now to a college campus and sit in a medical course, and then we're talking about heart disease, the number one main cause of heart disease is number one on the list is cholesterol. And again, it's commonly known as the number one causative factor for cardiovascular disease. But the interesting thing is that once you start digging into some of these topics and really doing your research, you realize that some of it is a little bit twisted. For example, of the population in general that suffer from cardiovascular disease, 50% of those people do not have high cholesterol. They just don't. It's just not a reality. So it makes absolutely no sense to label cholesterol as the cause of heart disease when half of the people that die from it don't have high cholesterol. Right? And society has kind of painted cholesterol as this bad guy. Right. Oh, you know, don't eat a lot of eggs because you're going to get a lot of cholesterol and cholesterol and it's going to clog your arteries and cholesterol. It's far from the truth. In reality, cholesterol is one of the most important nutrients that the body needs to have. Now, what is cholesterol? What is it? And as I mentioned, it's super important. Let me just give you a quick example. In men, one out of every three men suffer from low testosterone. That is a fact. And cholesterol is the bedrock for testosterone production. So for, for, for men who have 
either you know sexual problems or you know they have low testosterone sometimes they can't build muscle a lot of the issues may be that you're not having enough cholesterol in your diet to produce that testosterone but again we've labeled cholesterol as this bad guy so Let's talk a little bit about what cholesterol is, first of all, so we can understand this. And first of all, what is it and where does it come from? Cholesterol is actually produced within your liver, and it does not come from your food. And what happens is that a lot of these times where we're taking some drugs or where we're on medications, a lot of these medications are what are called statin, uh, statin medications. And what these things do is they trick your liver into not producing cholesterol. Right, So what happens is that many studies have attributed a lot of these drugs that are designed to control high cholesterol to things like liver failure, kidney failure, muscle damage. And you know the problem with a lot of these drugs is that they treat a symptom, but they mess up a bunch of other things. And they're not natural, so they're always going to have side effects. So what happens is people have high cholesterol. They go to the doctor. The doctor gives them a lot of these statin drugs. And these statin drugs are going to trick your liver into not producing cholesterol at all, which is going to have a bunch of different consequences, as we mentioned, in your kidney, in your muscles. You know, your muscles are not going to be able to maintain themselves, testosterone production in men, and a whole host of other things, right? Now, well, what, what has always fascinated me about this whole subject of health is how smart your body is. Your body has infinite intelligence. It is beyond smart. And usually we trust doctors because we know that they know what's best for us, right? But we need to learn to understand what our body is telling us and how we can, how we can react to that. And you know, most people... Uh, are starting to look at the causes of some of these things. And for example, what is cholesterol? Where is it produced? What function does it play? Instead of just saying cholesterol is bad, give me a pill that's going to reduce it. Does, this, does that make sense? And that way we're, we're, we're trying to cure the cause and not cover up the symptom. But anyway, just a little bit on a tangent there. But let's go back to cholesterol. Although cholesterol is not the main problem, it is an issue. It can be an issue. It is a contributing factor, even though it is not the main factor. As I mentioned, 50% of people uh, do not have high cholesterol. But if you do have high cholesterol, that can have consequences. And first of all, you've probably heard this before, right? That there is good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. You have your HDL and your LDL, the HDL, which stands for high-density lipoproteins, are labeled your good proteins. And your other ones, your low-density lipoprotein, are labeled as your bad cholesterol, right? But in reality, HDL and LDL are not cholesterol. That is, that, I mean, we tend to think like there's two different kinds of cholesterol, right? That is not true. There's just one kind of cholesterol, and HDL and LDL are not cholesterol. What they are are carriers. They're carrier molecules of cholesterol and other things. So their task is to move cholesterol and proteins and things from point A to point B. The difference is that the HDL have a greater ability to travel through your bloodstream because they're more dense, right? They're stronger. So, so... If you picture it in your mind, think of it as you, know, you have the buff carrier cells, 
and the kind of scrawny carrier cells, right? So the buff ones can get through stuff, right? They can break through barriers. They can get through the bloodstream. It's much easier for them to get from point A to point B. They're more resistant. They have better stamina, and they're going to do better, right? The LDL is less dense, and it's more prone to getting trapped and creating inflammation. So again, if we take that same imagery of a buff uh, carrier cell, and a scrawny carrier cell. These scrawny ones, they get tired. They're not very strong. They get beat up and they get stuck. And that is where this can be a problem because these carrier molecules get stuck and they create inflammation. Also, you can think of it as having too many cars on the road, right? And it creates a traffic jam in your bloodstream and it doesn't let things get through. So it it can be a huge problem. Now, LDL. Let's talk a little bit about this bad quote-unquote cholesterol, these low-density lipoproteins. These can be elevated in a number of different ways. First of all, as we mentioned before, 90% of the cholesterol that's in your body is produced by your liver. Only 10% of it comes from your diet. So when people tell you to stop eating eggs because you're going to blow up your cholesterol, complete crap. They're as ignorant as anybody, and they have no idea what they're talking about because 90% of it, again, comes from your liver. So the way that your body produces more cholesterol is it's caused mostly by other things you're not eating, uh, not so much eggs and, and foods that are typically labeled high cholesterol, but carbs. Carbs is really what triggers this high production of cholesterol. So things like bread, chips, cookies, dairy. And so the way this process works is that when you consume a high amount of carbohydrates, you're going to fill up what's called your muscle glycogens, right? And glycogen is a fancy word for storage, for, for, for energy storage. So your muscle, your muscle glycogen is what your body stores up as energy to be able to move, to be able to do things, right? So this can be a good thing. And this is why a lot of athletes you see stock up on carbohydrates, because this is good for an athlete or an active ind- individual. But what, what, what happens is that when you have too much of it, your body starts to get smart, right? So all of these carbohydrates, they're going to activate a blood sugar spike, right? Quickly. And we've talked a little bit about this before, but there's something that's called the glycemic index. The glycemic index is a scale of different foods and where they line up as to the effect that they have on your blood sugar. Carbs, bread, for example, is extremely high on the glycemic index. Just a tablespoon of normal table sugar is about a, between a 65 and a 70, depending on the study that you read, on the glycemic index, which is from 0 to 100. Bread, just normal white bread, is over 75, right? So the effect on your blood sugar is much higher from a piece of bread than it is from actually eating straight table sugar. So what happens is that as you're eating all of these carbs, your body has to take those sugars and put them somewhere, which is the muscle glycogen, your reserves, so that your body can use that as fuel when it needs it. But what happens when it becomes excessive? What happens when we have too much? Now, remember that your your body is smart. Your body is infinitely intelligent, and it is not going to leave all of that sugar just rush into your bloodstream because it'll kill you. Literally, you will die. And 
You know, it can lead to things like insulin resistance and diabetes. And so your body's trying to avoid that. So what does it do? What it starts to do is it starts to store the sugar in your liver in what's called the liver glycogen now. Now, again, endurance athletes do this on purpose because they know that eventually their muscle glycogen is going to run out and they're going to need energy from somewhere. So they carb, they carb load, they fill up that muscle glycogen, their liver glycogen, and they're ready to go. It gives them reserves of energy. But for a normal person, once your liver glycogen gets full, your body is in a problem. Your body has a problem because again, it keeps, it has all of the sugar and it has nowhere to put it and it can't put it back into your bloodstream because again, it will literally kill you because you can't have sugar floating around like that. So what your body does is that it turns the extra sugar into something that's called palmitic acid. And the palmitic acid combines, basically what, what it is, is it combines with cholesterols and other proteins and it creates a molecule that is called VLDL, which stands for very low dense lipoproteins. Now, if the LDL was a little scrawny carrier molecule that didn't have a lot of strength and got stuck, imagine a very low dense lipoprotein. These guys are even weaker, even shorter, even, I mean, they cannot do anything. You know, they are the last kid picked on the basketball team. And they can't, they cannot perform. You just can't do it. And these guys are even more prone to getting trapped in the bloodstream and creating clots, things like unusual blood thickness, and ultimately, heart attacks. And all of this from an excess of carbs. Not because of quote-unquote cholesterol high foods. It's not eggs. It's carbs. Carbs are the ones that are messing up your liver and making it, forcing it to create these molecules um, that are causing all sorts of problems for your cardiovascular system. So it's, it's important to understand this because it doesn't do anybody any good to stop eating eggs to control cholesterol when they're still eating donuts and brownies and cookies, right? They think they're doing the right thing by not eating eggs, but they're not. It's the exact same thing. So... The reason there's so much heart disease is because we as a society have moved from a protein-based eating culture to a carbohydrate-based eating culture. Carbs, if, if you go right now and you Google the food pyramid, carbs are the biggest chunk at the bottom, right? You're told to eat more carbs than anything else. You're, you're told to eat more carbs than you are fruits and vegetables. Like literally, you're told that most of your diet has to come from carbs, and it's not true. It's, it's, it's just not true. So we need to be aware of these causes in order to live effectively and prevent these diseases effectively. So tip number one, if you want to really avoid cardiovascular disease, is to go back to the basics. Go back to eating the five natural categories, the things that come from the ground or from the earth. Kick out a majority of the carbs. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to eliminate all carbs because carbs do have their place when they're controlled. The problem is that we don't know how to control them because they're so doggone delicious and we overdo it. But try and have a bulk of your nutrition and flip the pyramid upside down. 
and stick to fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and animal proteins and, you know, those kinds of things were created for our consumption. These are the foods that men have been consuming forever, right? And these mass-produced grains are a relatively new idea. I mean, Twinkies did not exist a thousand years ago, right? Donuts didn't exist 2,000 years ago. You don't, you don't read or you've never seen a hieroglyphic of a dude with a ding-dong or with a ho-ho or with a Twinkie. You haven't seen it. I've never, I mean, show me, show me a hieroglyphic in Egypt of people eating churros, right? It doesn't exist. These are new foods. These mashed produced grains have, and they're new. And so our body doesn't know how to take them. And these mashed produced grains have contributed largely to things like bone cancers and liver failures and heart diseases and cavities. And, you know, all this can be proven from anthropological records that back thousands of years ago, people didn't get cavities. You know, people didn't have heart diseases. People didn't, I mean, if you look at even photos from like the 60s and 50s, people weren't fat unless you were like royalty. But normal people were skinny because they didn't have access to a lot of these foods. Right? They just simply didn't. So, things like bread and rice and grains like these, they'll help you to survive. I mean, they're not going to kill you right away, but you're not going to thrive. And so, just ask yourself, do you want to survive or do you want to thrive? And again, it can help you to not die, to get full or to get a meal, but your body's going to be breaking down from the inside at a rapid, rapid rate. So, next point. And this is really the basis of all health-related things. It's my favorite topic. It is absolutely fantastic once we understand it, but it's hormones. And what is a hormone? We've all heard the term hormones, hormones, hormones. What is a hormone? It's much more than just, you know, what you get when you're 15, 16 years old and you find out that you like girls, right? Or the other way around and they say, oh, your hormones are out of control, right? It's much, it's much more than that. Hormones are the way that the body communicates with itself. A hormone is a chemical messenger that transmits messages between your body's different systems, right? So if the communication is off, there's a problem. If your body can't communicate with itself and give, if your brain can't give proper instructions to your organs, you have a problem, right? So, first of all, hormones, right? Another point is high blood pressure, which high blood pressure is also a cause and a factor of cardiovascular disease, obviously. Now, some things that can elevate your blood pressure. We'll come back to hormones, but I want to talk a little bit about blood pressure. Things like stress, things like a lack of sleep, are things that can fluctuate your blood pressure wildly, right? So one of the biggest cardiovascular diseases, quote-unquote, or conditions, is high blood pressure. And everybody says, oh, I have high blood pressure, right? But what does that mean, right? What, what does it mean to have high blood pressure? Most people can't even tell you. And here is where it gets really interesting. So if I were to ask you, who is res- what organ is responsible for high blood pressure, what would you say? What would you say? For me, 
initially I'd be, I would be like, well, the heart, duh. Like the heart pumps the blood. So if there's a problem with blood pressure, then the heart is responsible, right? It makes sense, but it's just not true. Right? Blood pressure is actually not regulated in the heart as everyone thinks. Your blood pressure is more so regulated by your kidneys. Yeah, that's right. Your kidneys. And your kidneys communicate, going back to this whole hormone thing, your kidneys communicate through something called the hypothalamus, which is basically like your brain's master gland. Right? This is like the big boy of hormone productions. It is the boss. And what happens is your brain tells your kidney to do certain things, right? And what happens is that when you're eating a lot of these carbs and you have, you know, a lot of this VLDL, for example, if we go back to that, a lot of LDL and a lot of these bad chemicals in in your bloodstream, as we mentioned before, they tend to get stuck, right? They tend to cause those traffic jams that we talked about. And so you have traffic jams in your blood, in your bloodstream, and that's a problem. So what does your brain do? Your brain automatically tells your kidney to start working. And if your brain senses that there are too many solids in your blood, too much junk, it will secrete what's called an antidiuretic hormone. Okay. I know that that's a big word, but an antidiuretic hormone. And what that hormone does is it tells the kidneys to open up and to let filtered water into the bloodstream to help flush some of that stuff out, right? It makes sense. It makes sense. It's kind of like, you know, if you think about a traffic jam, if all of a sudden you were to bring in a tornado to clean everything up, it gets rid of all the cars, all of a sudden everything is nice and pretty again, right? And that's a terrible example, but you, you, you get the point, right? So the kidneys will release this antidiuretic um, substance and it, it, it will start pumping filtered water into the bloodstream to regulate the flow and the thickness of the blood. So what ends up happening is that a lack of water triggers the antidiuretic hormone, which puts a lot of strain in your kidneys to help and regulate the blood pressure because the blood needs to be at the right viscosity. It needs to be at the right thickness. So again, your heart does not completely, completely dictate, um, blood pressure, but it's, it's kind of this, this little chain, right? You eat a lot of carbs. You don't drink enough water. All of a sudden you have this excess in your bloodstream. And so your brain is telling your kidneys to flush it out. If you don't have enough water, it's not going to be able to flush it out. And over time, it just completely destroys your cardiovascular system because it clogs it up. It completely clogs it up. And then it messes with your insulin levels, your blood pressure rises, um, your insulin levels rise, and it, it just it's just a huge mess, guys. But again, it's coming from carbs, and it's coming from lack of water, and a host of other things. So we're going to give you guys some tips of the day, right? Some cardiovascular hacks, if you will, on how you can not completely avoid cardiovascular disease because you never know, but definitely minimize the risk. Number one is to drink water. Please, 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 please drink water. Now, for me, I stick to a gallon a day, 
that's just me, right? Some people say that that's too much, that that's too hard. So let me break it down for you, all right? If you are opposed to the gallon a day rule, which there are some people out there that say that's too much water. I've heard it. Take your body weight and divide it by two. Split it in half, and that's the number of ounces that you need to drink, right? You're not going to be dehydrated at that point. You're not going to get a whole lot of detox out of that, but you won't die. So if a gallon is too much, you weigh 200 pounds, instead of drinking 124 ounces, just drink 100 ounces. You'll be fine. I promise that you can do it. Because remember that water is a driver of all life. You are 70% water. Like Everything is water. And if you throw that ratio off, you can get serious problems. No water equals no success. No water equals no life. Right? Without water, you will die. You will die. The problem is you won't die right away, but your body, you'll tax your body so, so, so much. It's like trying to wash dishes with a, with a dry sponge. Right? You, you, you can't, I mean, you can sit there and try to do it, but you're not going to be very effective. You have to get it wet. Your body's the exact same way. Right? So, again, it can be a daily detox. You know, it flushes toxins out, keeps you clean. Right? So, what I do is I drink about 24 ounces or about a liter of water first thing in the morning. Just chug it down. I call it my daily inner bath. You know, you just take all the junk that your body has been cleaning out overnight, you drink that water and kind of flushes it out. And not to mention that it wakes you up as well. Point number two, keep your BS in check. Yeah, that's right. Your BS, because you're full of it. You're full of BS, dude. Blood sugar. I, I mean blood sugar. Keep your blood sugar in check. Limit your carbs. As we talked about, focus on your five main categories of food. Right, watch out for that glyce- high glycemic load you know, when you're eating some of these some of these carbohydrates. Avoid sodas at all costs. Right? Sodas are basically liquid sugar. That's all it is. Right? And as we learned, if you have excess sugar, your body doesn't know where to put it, and it starts producing these VLDLs that are gonna give you heart attacks, just don't do it. I know it's delicious. I know it's delicious. Alright? I love Mountain Dew. It's like my favorite thing in the world. I don't really remember what it tastes like, but I used to love it in high school. Just stay away from it. Drink water. Okay. Again, and I keep coming back to this grains, wheat bread, white bread. Remember they are higher on the glycemic index than actual sugar, right? Bread is between 75 and 80. Sugar is about a 70. Okay. So bread spikes blood sugar more than actual sugar. All right. So please, please, please stay away from it. Point number three, sleep. Go to bed. Sleep deprivation, you know, massively contributes to cardiovascular disease. Sleep smart. You need to rest and you can literally sleep yourself to health. If you have the proper nutrients, the proper nutrition, the proper water, give your body time to fix itself. Give your body time to repair. Again, it is infinitely intelligent. But you got to give it time. Okay? When you're awake, it's breaking down. When you're asleep, it's building up. So the more time you spend building up, the better. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to sleep 16 hours a day because Tony told you on the Fitness Podcast that you had to sleep. Don't be lazy, but try to get eight, nine hours, between seven and nine hours every night consistently. Okay? Next, stress. Manage stress. 
Manage stress by managing yourself. Okay? Be organized. You can manage time and stress. Okay? And a lot of people talk about these things, and I actually think of this a little bit differently. They say, well, it's because time management and stress management. And it's there. You know, time restraints and stress, it's there. Right? So manage yourself to respond in the best, in the best way. And remember this word, responsibility. One of my favorite words. What does that mean? Your ability to respond. Your ability to respond to stress, to time constraints, to all these different things. Relax. Relax. Take it easy. Because the more you stress, the harder it is for your body to get things done. Okay? And last point is one compound. There are a lot of compounds that can, that can contribute to this. But I, I want to talk about this one in particular. And it's magnesium. Right? Magnesium can really, really help with heart health and with this stress thing that we just talked about. Because magnesium is a calming mineral. And studies have shown that 90% of people are deficient in magnesium. It is the mineral that runs the human heart. Alright? It is the heart's battery. And 90% of people don't have enough. That's a problem. That is a problem. Okay, and where do you find magnesium? You guys are going to love me. Okay, you guys are going to love me right now. First of all, you find it in the green stuff, vegetables, right? Usually if it's green, you're going to have some magnesium and some vitamin K in there. You're not going to love me for this, for, but you're going to love me for this next part. Chocolate. Chocolate is very high in magnesium. Now, <laughs> it's, it's very high in magnesium, but I'm not talking about Hershey's. I'm talking about the real cacao Plant, you know, real chocolate, not, not Hershey's, not Snickers, not Reese's peanut butter cups or Nesquik, real chocolate. Okay. And last but not least, nuts, things like walnuts. Um, walnuts have a compound that, uh, that, that are called sterols, which basically help the heart vessels dilate correctly. They help break up the plaque in your arteries. And they have the omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatories. Uh, so walnuts and almonds are fantastic for that. Now, you want them raw and natural, not roasted with, like, covered in chocolate and stuff. Right? I even had somebody say, oh, well, I can get two-in-one, right? Chocolate-covered almonds. No! No! That's not what I'm talking about, okay? It's not chocolate-covered almonds all your life. Get raw, natural almonds or things like natural almond butter is fantastic. And real chocolate, Okay? Now, last quick tip, last quick fact, actually, talking about almonds. People that ate three-fourths cups of almonds lost 62% more weight than people who ate no almonds, right? So just do it. Just eat a handful of almonds a day. You'll love it. If Put it in your shake, whatever. It'll be fantastic, okay? So just to wrap up, guys, I know today was a lot of information, a lot of information to take in. You're probably going to have to listen to it a couple of times. But the takeaway, what I want you to take away is that heart disease is a real problem. And odds are that if you do not consciously take steps to avoid it, it will bite you in the butt. You will have it at some, some, some form of heart disease. You'll have it. Cardiovascular problems, high blood pressure, something. So we have to be conscious, understand what is happening, understand what causes all of these problems, and then adjust our lifestyle accordingly. Okay, We're going to drink more water. We're going to try and get our hours of sleep. We're going to take magnesium. 
right? We're going to stay away from the bad carbs. We're going to stay away from bread. And we're going to adjust accordingly to give ourselves the best possible chance to succeed. All right? So I hope that this episode was helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, guys, very, very grateful that you guys decide to spend a few minutes, well, about 36 minutes now, of your day with me. And guys, if you have any other questions, shoot me an email. Uh, find us on Facebook. We have our Fit Nerds Facebook page. That's probably the best place to reach me, to find me. As always, my name is Tony. Till next time.